turned me into a dog. Can you believe this? And you're invited too! Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Obscurities. I'm your co-host and brother, Jams. I'm your co-host and sister, Melissa. And welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Obscurities. On this show, we look back on old shows that you feel like only you remember. Today, ep- Today's episode, we're talking about Butt Ugly Martians. But before that, we have our first segment of the show, What's New Scooby-Doo? Where we talk about any new media or anything in the world that we've been ingesting and enjoying. Mel, what's New Scooby-Doo with you? Anything in the world? It doesn't have to be media, so I could talk about, like, sunlight and air. Have you been enjoying sunlight and air? I have been. <laughs> Thank you. All right, good segment. Let's do me. <laughs> no, what have, you, what have you been enjoying? Um, I was at our parents' house last weekend, and we watched mm-hmm. the, the second half of Godzilla. Which? The Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Ah, okay. The good one. <laughs> It is a movie that I loved when I was like eight, nine years old. And as I see it occasionally again as an adult, I am flabbergasted by why I loved it. Like not why anyone would love it, but what is it in this film that appealed to an eight-year-old girl? I Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, it baffles me, but I still have a fondness for it. Like, I'm sitting there like, this isn't a good movie. I don't know why I liked this. Gee, I sure do still like this. No, yeah, I, I love it, too. I don't know what to... Uh, I think it's, it was maybe our first big Matthew Broderick movie that we had in our house. <laughs> Name the second. Uh, Probably the next one would be Ferris Bueller, but we just because we watched on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there was a production of The Music Man starring yeah. him and Kristen Chenoweth that I remember dad sitting down to show us. Yeah, we've watched that a few times. Uh, but yeah, the, I think Matthew Broderick was the only the only way we owned Matthew Broderick in VHS form was on Godzilla. So that's, that's the only way we owned his face. We owned his voice as adult Simba. That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> how was so you enjoyed the second half of godzilla you would recommend i i <laughs> do i recommend it i don't know i recommend it to myself i often think maybe i should watch godzilla again and this time i'll understand yeah it's an interesting disaster movie i don't know if this is a time when people want to watch disaster movies but like it's it's a it's a, a movie that makes a disaster look fun. I think because it is a giant <laughs> lizard attacking New York City and everyone's panicked, but they're also like, get a load of this, it's a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a scene where um like they go to Hank Azaria's house yeah. and his wife has taken in all of these people off the street because like Manhattan's being evacuated. Maybe Godzilla crushed their apartment building. So there's all these people crowded into their apartment, but they're having a party. There's like a shot of very tense news on the TV, but the TV is like surrounded by wine bottles. There's like big bowls of chips and Cheetos. There's kids running around playing. There's loud music. Like it is a refugee camp for your house has been attacked by a big nuclear lizard, but also... Bring out the checks mix. <laughs> I guess 
I think it might be very similar to Independence Day in that. I think like, it's the same director. Yeah. I think well, it well, may so, also be a Roland Emmerich picture. Something similar happened in that, like, all over we were seeing how the world was reacting to this, like, alien invasion. And we see all these different stories and they all kind of culminate towards the end, which is something we also see in Godzilla. I guess, yeah. You got, uh, you got Totopolis. You, you got Reporter. You got um, uh, Jean Renault. You got yeah. Army. Those all come, and Lizard, and those all come together. If you like those, go watch Matthew Broderick's Godzilla. <laughs> Matthew, that's how we always referred to it. I think because when we went to Blockbuster, they put his name on the side of the case. Oh, they did. Like the Blockbuster, like where they type out the name of the movie. I guess to disambiguate this from other Godzillas, they wrote Godzilla parentheses Matthew Broderick. <laughs> That's his. He did it. <laughs> it's his creation. Man, if he would have walked out at the end of Godzilla vs. Kong, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> I don't think anyone but us wants him to do that. <laughs> A Wilkinson treat only. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, that's we'll save that for the Broderick cast. <laughs> Speaking... Of big baddies. Uh, <laughs> no, there's like not a, it's the, no, there's not a good segue here. I've been playing a lot of Breath okay. of the Wild. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if there's a big lizard in that. There's a big pig. Link that's does all, wear a hat. Go for. Godzilla's a movie that's full of hats. Everyone's wearing a hat all the time. You can wear hats in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. But like they're armor and they're unique. Uh, but yeah, this okay. is the, the first time I've, I'm playing it. This is the first Zelda game I've ever played, Legend of Zelda game I've ever played. Yeah. And it's uh, incredibly fun. I've just been, uh, when I'm not reading and ingesting stuff for podcasts, uh, I've just been playing a whole lot of that game because there's a lot you can do that's not the main story. And uh, while I do enjoy the main story, I've just been like, I've done so much story today. I'm going to go see if I can find all the sets for this armor. Or I'm going to go see if I can f- solve some puzzles or get some more hearts or what have you. But yeah, it's yeah. been a whole lot of fun, which I'm sure everyone knows because it came out like five years ago and everyone's played it. But <laughs> I'm playing it for the first time and I'm having a blast. Oh, oh my God. It is that old. Yeah, wow. something like that. Wow. It's, it's almost old enough to go to kindergarten. One day. One day. Yeah. yeah. And then he, Link can learn to write his name. <laughs> but yeah i'm also really enjoying uh because breath of the wild 2 is buzzing right now because of the trailers from e3 uh-huh. and everyone is drawing young ganondorf art uh where it's like link and like a younger ganondorf with just like big red hair and like just Aww. trying to like fix link's hair and like uh, oh. just like a lot of like little cute moments that I don't know if that will be the story in Breath of the Wild 2, but is really cute to think about. We do love when a villain is transformed into a younger self. Or like yes. if we go back and see their younger self. We were talking about this just last week. Yes. There's We're we're 10 minutes into the episode, but I can I tell you about a fun Magneto moment? Yeah, anytime. So, <laughs> Call me day or night. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, recently, at the time of this recording, an issue came out that's Marvel's Voices Pride, uh, ah. which will be a lot like a series. I think next they're doing uh, Marvel's Voices Legacy. Uh, but yeah, mm. Pride covers everything for the whole Pride spectrum in the Marvel Universe. And uh, there was one story about like Magneto coming to like, you know, he's like, he's got like three missiles behind him and he's like about to like <laughs> knock on Xavier's door, like knock, knock. It's time to like settle our differences now or never. And uh-huh. he, he's flying overhead and he passes a, a crying teenager and he like stops. He's like, no, no oh, no. And like he floats down and like destroys his missiles and and he's like whatever I have between me and Charles is our problem. Can I help you? What can I do for oh. you? Are you okay? And I love that to no end. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go read that issue. It's it's a lot of fun. I think you could probably still find it. Um, nice. That's very sweet. <laughs> Thanks for your help, Magneto. Yeah. We're not here to talk about Magneto this week. One of no. these weeks, we will. Absolutely. We'll, t- we'll talk about when he tried to destroy a wooden gun. Uh. <laughs> but today we're talking about but ugly Martians. Uh, this was my pick. Mel, what did you think of but ugly Martians on the surface? I mean, beauty uh, is only skin deep. I think we all know this. I don't... <laughs> Do the Martians not look good? That's true. The the quality of their souls, uh, not bad. <laughs> this is a show that was. Uh, I, I looked at the. I looked ahead at these notes you collected. I see that this did come out in two thousand and one. It is a yep. CGI cartoon from two thousand and one, and it looks like it. It does not look. <laughs> good it was unsettling to watch but i the scripts weren't bad i feel like if this was animated using another method or if it was cgi from like six years later i i would have had more fun with this yeah didn't this come out in the name of our lord shrek's year uh yeah yeah shrek 2001 shrek is 20 years old yeah Almost, almost can drink. Not, not quite. But yeah, I this could have looked like Shrek, but it didn't. It looked much, much worse. The yeah, <laughs> and Shrek doesn't even look great. Well, Shrek aged better, better than he, than he some old stuff from from the uh, that era of Shrek TV and looks movies. moderate. Shrek looks uh, right in the middle. So yeah, the the way. I don't even know if there's a proper way to describe how these characters work. The the humans in this show look almost like the Thunderbird puppets if they were CGI. Yeah. Like, they have like big eyes and like big like exaggerated like hair and like the kids look like just small adults. Uh Yeah. And yeah. The the Martians are blue and they have a, a terrifying skeletal structure i can only imagine because of how their skin is stretched over their face uh yeah big eyes they look kind of like the mars attacks martians but blue a little bit yeah there's and like like, a little less skeletal there are mars attacks with like slightly more meat on their bones and blue yeah and they have like like a zorg cap like they have like a like a hard plastic blue (laughs) oh cap on them yeah yeah, yeah. 
and uh yeah and they have like uh, like eight teeth total maybe <laughs> and when they speak you can look inside their mouth down their throat and i hate it i that was my least favorite part was the texture of the inside of a mouth yeah i hate that that is a constant uh yeah the martians uh the characters let's talk about them real quick what are their I... names <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who didn't catch their names for the entire three episodes that we watched because I just called them red, blue, and yellow, which is they're they're color coded. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's do the voices uh, while we're doing this too. We have the yellow one who is like the cool uh-huh. guy, who is yeah. uh, his name is Bebop Aluna, who, <laughs> <laughs> and he's voiced by Charlie Schlatter. Charlie Schlatter, uh-huh. you may know as the voice of Kick Patowski. The returning champ. Returning champ. Uh, we have the blue also one. Also wears a little yellow outfit. Not all What's yellow, that? but more yellow than many other people. Oh. Just, just yeah. remembering Kick Patowski. I think he had like yellow cape or yellow boots or something. Yeah. He had like, like yellow oh, this... boots and gloves. Oh, this stuck out to me that the yellow one was the cool one because I feel like that is never the role of any costume character whose signature color gets to be yellow. Yeah. More of that, please. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the the sciency one is the blue one. His name mm. is 2T Fruity. Uh, what? Yep. 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 And he's voiced by Rob Paulson, the legend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm I shouldn't even have to tell you what what Rob Paulson has done. <laughs> He's a legend. Go look him up, and mm-hmm. you'll see it... everything. <laughs> you'll see it all. You'll see it all. Eternity. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, the red one who he's he wasn't he was like a low voice, and he didn't have like a dumb persona. It was more of just like a like a comedic persona. Um, yeah. Uh, his name is Duwa Diddy, and he's okay. voiced by Jess Harnell, who you would know as Wacko. Mm-hmm. There, Yakko's brother, famously. Yakko's brother. Yeah. Dot's brother. Yeah. Uh, his name's Duwa Diddy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All these names, like I like that they are all at least the same theme. And when you take this like 1950s poppy doo-wop theme and pair it with martians there is a tie there you know that that was the music popular at the rise of sci-fi and like monster movies at the drive-ins there's something there that's an interesting choice yeah uh let's go ahead and keep running down the character list we have uh there is a pink martian that we meet in our third episode uh we'll, we'll talk about the way she looks in a second she doesn't look great her name is shaboom shabuma <laughs> Voiced by uh, Kath uh, Suchi, uh, mm-hmm. who is uh, best known for playing uh, Lola Bunny in Looney Tunes. Uh, ah. Yeah. See, when I oh, think yeah. of her, I think of Phil and Lil. Yeah, she's Phil and Lil, too. Uh, of the humans, we have three humans that kind of help out the aliens. Mm-hmm. The first episode starts with them already knowing it, so we don't get an origin story of yeah. how they met. Um but yeah, we have the main character who looks like a Digimon protagonist, uh, Mike, <laughs> uh, who is played also by Rob Paulson. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and he's just got like goggles and like tall blonde hair and terrifying and facial features neon green eyes unnaturally yeah. bright green eyes very bad very difficult to look at do not do business with this man you cannot look him <laughs> in the eyes radioactive uh, we have the girl uh who didn't get a name in the first episode i was listening and they don't name her the first episode her name is angela and she's got kind of like a kind of like a like a bob like middle part uh yeah she's not really wearing a lot of identifying clothing none of these kids wear like identifying colors uh no angela wears like a lot of white mike wears like maybe a lot of red uh, and then this third kid, Cedric, voiced by uh, Ogie Banks, uh, play, like wears like a lot of green. Uh, you might mm. know Ogie Banks uh, as playing Claude Wolf in Monster High, or uh, oh. Luke Cage and Miles Morales in Ultimate Spider-Man. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and finally, we have a known and professional alien hunter, Stoat Muldoon, who is voiced by Robert Stack. The best part of this entire show. I loved Stoke Muldoon. And I was watching him thinking, wow, this guy really sounds like the the unsolved mysteries guy. That's an interesting yeah. choice. And yeah, then I get to him. the end, I'm like, that was him. That was Mr. <laughs> unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of nice. I want to say that um, not. I, I think Stoke Muldoon looks like an, a regular guy. There's something about the three kids, especially Angela, where their knees are always slightly bent. Yeah. Like their action figures, like, like they won't stand up like with, with stiff knees. Yeah, their their posture is off. I'm not sure what about the digital modeling wouldn't let them stand up straight. <laughs> so much was wrong with the digital modeling. Let's talk about more of the facts and then we'll get into the intro and then we'll get into the show. Mm. Here are the facts. Name of the show, But Ugly Martians. But Ugly is hyphenated. Oh. Uh, created by Michael Train. There were uh, 26 total episodes. It ran from 2001 to 2003. Uh, Country of Origin was uh, in the UK and then kind of ported to the US simultaneously. Uh, production companies were Mike Young Productions, which is now Splash Entertainment. Uh DC DC Limited, and Just Entertainment, which is now Abbey Home Media. Uh, original channel was CITV. Uh, we've already run through the popular voice actors. Uh, adaptations, they had action figures, there were Burger King toys, and there was a Those PS2. Those I remember. Yes, and there was a PS2 and GameCube game called But Ugly Martians Zoom or Doom. <laughs> As we've all lived, the two choices. <laughs> uh, let's get into the intro real quick so we can get through these episodes. These episodes are so jam-packed. Uh, yeah, they're also, we'll talk- they feel like a tiny bit longer than most episodes. They're like one to two minutes longer. Or they feel long. I found myself stopping every two minutes because I just had to write three three notes about what just happened. Uh. There was a lot of cutting back and forth. We'll we'll get to it in a second. Uh, we're mm. gonna play the intro. It'll play under us, but you can follow along if you want to. Uh, we'll be playing starting in three, two, one, play. B-K-M! 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 Uh-huh. 
were just shouting EKM and singing their this own theme the- song. This theme song is what I remembered from the show. I remember the name, the song, and the Burger King toys. Yeah. I hate that this was stuck in my head today. <laughs> we don't want to conquer Earth. I just want to fill my girl. You will see how tough we are. Oh, God. <laughs> his mic and his giant eyes, his luxurious eyelashes. <laughs> I love them saying you will see how tough we are over a shot of one of the alien suits just spinning just spinning around in a circle we get their transformation sequence I was not expecting that I yeah. do like how many split screens there are in these opening credits I think the show uses that to good effect so yeah, that was the intro. You'll you'll note that during that they were shouting BKM, which I haven't looked this up because I'm pretty confident that it just means butt kicking mode. Oh, see, I figured, yeah, butt kicking Martians. Butt kicking Martians, maybe. Maybe I should look this up. This is kind of butt like an informational. Mode. Yours makes more sense. I don't think the Wikipedia mentions BKM. And if Wikipedia, the big source of all knowledge, doesn't know it, then I don't. Maybe it stands for Big Kids Meal. <laughs> Was that a Burger King? I think so. Wouldn't Yeah. Because there's Happy Meal, and then McDonald's also tried Mighty Kids Meal, which was like a Happy Meal Plus. We didn't go to Burger King enough for me to remember their specific kids meal name. Well, they had the Burger King Kids Club. Was it just yeah. called like the Kids Club Meal? Now I need to know all of these. I need to know the specific kids' meal name at every restaurant chain. Just so that I know them when I can order them promptly. <laughs> Do you still have Mighty Kids Meal? I need the might. Uh, we should also mention that the logo for the show is just the TMNT logo. Just with butt ugly <laughs> oh. Martians. It is. Yeah, this is probably trying to capitalize on that same... I mean, we take it for granted that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a wild series of words. We do. Like, I feel like, and that gave rise to, like, tattoo teenagers from Beverly Hills, biker mice from Mars, and maybe samurai pizza cats, and eventually here to butt ugly Martians. Yeah. Like, what's a, what's a phrase you will never forget? And maybe that'll help you actually watch our show. <laughs> That's why I was confident with Saturday Morning Obscurities, because I'm like, if they can remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they can remember this. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about the episodes we watched. We watched episode 1, 11, and 14. These were largely picked based on the name or the thumbnail. Uh, yeah, episode 1, I was expecting an origin story for the Martians. No such luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're yeah, just already starts- on Earth. In media res, uh, episode one, this is my job, is titled <laughs> Payback, p- Playback, Slash, Payback. Yeah. Uh, which And that slash indicates that maybe it would be a two-part episode, two little 12-minute chunks. No, a single episode, just with yeah. a slash in the middle, like face-off. But yeah, it starts with a, a cold open, 
and we see the Martians fighting in what looks like a war with like destruction in the background and lasers firing around. And then it cuts to a kid named Mike uh, saying goodbye to his parents as they leave the house. And then it cuts back. There's a lot of cutting in this show. I'm just going to tell you. I tried to avoid it as much as possible, just saying cutting, but it's every 30 seconds, maybe. Uh, At one point, while they're in this war, Red says the wrong thing. They yell cut, and it revealed they were filming on a blue screen. And then a little robot chihuahua dog uh, comes up and ejects a CD, which is larger than its body, and (laughs) (laughs) gives it to them. And apparently they what they've been doing is they were supposed to be conquering Earth all this time. And their emperor, Emperor Bog, is uh, still thinks that they're down there conquering Earth. So they have to send him fake reports while they're down here just living it up and hanging out with humanity. Mm-hmm. So they try to send this disc in their like arcade machine. They live in like an old arcade arcade building. And it doesn't work. It it like their consoles explode, and we cut over to Mike and we meet the other kids, uh, Angela and Cedric. We don't get Angela's ep- name in this episode, which sucks. Don't do a first episode and don't say the name. I was wondering, was this always designed to be episode one? Maybe there was a pilot that they cut. There could have been. Yeah, there could have been a pilot. It it is strange that it, it, the show begins with these kids already being friends with these aliens. Like we go over to Mike's house and his parents told him you can't have guests, and he's like, "Right, I won't have guests. I will just have Cedric and Angela over like all the time, though." We're gonna watch <laughs> the hoverboard championships on pay per view. Yep, which I wish I could do. And they're talking about their friends, the butt uglies. That's what they yeah. call them. I guess to disambiguate them from other Martians. Yeah, who I may hate be that they do conventionally this. prettier. Yeah. I, I this sucks to do to your friends. If you had a friend whose yeah. nickname was, was Ugly Tom, I don't I mean, <laughs> regardless of how he got that nickname, it's pretty rude to call him shorthand ugly and not shorthand Tom. Yeah. <laughs> We don't know Martian culture, though. Maybe butt ugly, like, is the preferred status on their world. Can't feel speak like, to it. I feel like I remember them being introduced and being called butt ugly Martians and adapting it and be like, yeah, whatever that is, call us that. But regardless, don't call your friends butt ugly. Unless don't you're do really it. good friends. <laughs> and they people. are really good friends. Because they talk about, should we invite the butt uglies over? And they're like, no, nah. like they're friends with them, but also kind of find them annoying. Like, yeah. I mean, it's fine if they're here, but I don't know if I feel like inviting them. But if they want to show up, I know they just will because they have a key to Mike's house. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's not what happens. Uh, they're, They knock at the door like, hey, our computer's broke. We need to transport our homework. Does your TV is connected to a satellite? Can we use your satellite? And Cedric says a phrase, like like doors open or something like that, and the door is open. And Mike says, "Last time I tell you my password or something." Oh, this okay. Is an oh, maybe, indeterminate maybe future just, year. Maybe they joke that like the Martians might as well have a key to the house. Maybe. But yeah, the robot Chihuahua produces the disc. This is like a real CD, <laughs> and. Mm. I forget what they do. I think they 
maybe put it in their arm or like put it in the CD or put it in like the the disc player of the TV, and then it like glows and like sh- shoots a beam from their satellite up to the mothership, which is I don't know if it's just in like Earth's orbit or like just up in space somewhere in the solar system, mm. but it shoots up there and we get to meet Emperor Bog, who is. He looks just like the other Martians, except it's like if his head was a toothpaste tube and you just squeezed his chin a little bit so his head is much bigger and he's got a very scrawny yeah. chin. Yeah. And uh, we meet <laughs> and his he... we meet his vizier, which is like his royal like scientist or what have you, uh, who I get I think we get his name in a later episode as uh, yeah. Damage, which is spelled damage, yeah, d- but this whole time I've been spelling it fromage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was curious how I would write that down. I was scared to spell it, so I just kept calling him the scientist. I described him as a luxurious evil scientist. Yeah, he's he's the tallest Martian we see. Uh, Emperor Bog is like a little bit shorter than the regular Martians, and uh, Damage has like a permanent like jeweler's eye embedded into his skull. Mm. Yeah. And they, they see it and like, oh, yeah, they're doing great on Earth. Mm-hmm. The next note I have is the introduction of Stoat Muldoon, who yes. is a, a TV host that I, the kids watch on TV, I guess. He's yeah, uh, he's Stoat Muldoon. He hosts a show called Muldoon Alien Hunter. And he says, I'm broadcasting the show from a converted missile silo somewhere in the Mojave Desert. I live here. <laughs> It is completely sincere, d- believes that it is his job to protect Earth from aliens. Like, he's not, he's heroic in that he believes it is his duty to keep people safe. He's not really egotistical or anything. He's not like a Zap Brannigan. He's just like, I sincerely believe with all my heart, I have to watch out for aliens. Yeah. That's who I am. I'm Stoat Muldoon. <laughs> He, he does try his hardest, but he is kind of like a dummy. Uh, yeah. But like a lovable dummy. But yeah, they're watching his, his show on their TV. And at one point, Angelo says, ha ha ha, this show is humor. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, Emperor Bog and uh, Damage are like watching the report. And I'm like, this is almost too good of a war that's happening. And so they send down a recon robot to like go spy on them. But this recon robot is huge. It's like, it's like the size of a house, uh, or at mm. least as tall as a house. It's kind of like uh, one of like the Wrecker Transformers. Like it's just big and bulky and has like big claw hands. Uh, it doesn't mm. look like a it's recon robot. Clactor. Yeah, Clactor. Yeah, I didn't get his name, but Clactor. This is one of the few names I did get. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they they shoot him on down to Earth, and then he arrive at Mike's house, and then we cut to the inside of Mike's house, and we see them talking to the Martians, who are just now just hanging out on the couch, because I'm like, well, our day's done, what are you guys up to? And mm. in the background, you just see uh, Clactor just in the window, filling up the whole window, just watching them, eh. which is a nice little <laughs> visual gag. I want to mention one detail of Mike's house. There's a sure. shelf that has a set of 
picture frames on it. And this is like way in the background. It is not focused on. And I looked at those picture frames and instead of having any sort of image inside them, they only have like wood green texture. (laughs) (laughs) There is a picture frame later in the episode that I think is just a screenshot of one of the episodes. Because it's got like (laughs) way too big of a POV uh, or FOV. And it's it's just like of Mike, and then like the other sixty percent is of the diner or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the mic, <laughs> yeah, let's frame this establishing shot and hang it in our home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Muldoon gets a, like a little notification that like oh someone broke the atmosphere. And it looks like there's, like, an alien signal coming from nearby. So he gets in his, like, weird, like, garbage truck kind of looking thing <laughs> that yeah. has, like, rockets that shoots straight up. And then it zips over and we see him catch up to the uh, recon robot. And it lands outside. And the recon robot jumps as it's shooting and it just destroys Mike's whole wall, revealing the aliens. And Muldoon's like, ha, aliens, I knew it. And the recon robot grabs Muldoon and just throws him in a trash can and welds it shut. <laughs> at this point, I think the Martians like look at the recon by like, oh no, that's a Clactor. And it, they say he has a tattoo and it's just like a little like engraving on the robot with a picture of Damage's face. And <laughs> I thought it read, I thought they said that it reads absolutely must be destroyed overnight which I thought was how they were going to close the episode. Like, oh, we just have to destroy this this robot at night. Otherwise, it won't come back. But no, I don't remember what I read, but I remember them reading, look at that I, tattoo. It's um the, the Rob Paulson one makes this joke, and that's a takeoff of, it used to be UPS or FedEx's slogan when it absolutely must be there overnight or something like that. Oh, so he makes okay. that joke. Like you send Clactor when you absolutely need something destroyed overnight. Yeah. I don't know what he's actually reading. He just says that. Okay. So that was a joke. That just went right over my head. But yeah, the Martians uh, start fighting the robot and they throw like a little flashbang at its feet uh, or like a little like, ch- like charged explosive and it explodes. And then the robot like falls forward. <laughs> Like a toddler that just tripped on something. So they throw the robot into Muldoon's truck. They throw the robot into Muldoon's truck and tape a little note to it that just says, I was defeated. I give up. Uh, I ate those three Martians. Have a good day. And Muldoon finds it just does like a little (laughs) fist bump. I did it. Yeah, it is fun to hear Robert Stack's voice say, there's a note. I give up. Signed, the robot. (laughs) This is very entertaining, if not just for Robert Stack. Watch, find, somebody on YouTube must have a compilation of the best of Stoat Muldoon. Because I want it to exist, but I don't want to make it. (laughs) Please don't make me do this. (laughs) Uh, Then we find out, I think they get like some information, or they do some research and they find out like, oh no, this robot's self-repairing. So now the kids and the Martian chase down Muldoon in the desert and they like crash his truck and uh the martians activate bkm which is i can only assume butt kicking mode because that's yeah that sounds right 
Yeah, I was not expecting this show to have a transformation sequence. Like yeah. they spin around, there's split screens, they truly transform, and like they have this, like they pull in audio clips of the Martians, and I don't know if like this is stuff they said in the first episode, uh, what was originally supposed to be the first episode, because they haven't said it earlier in this episode, episode no. numbered one. There's like, we have the power to protect mankind. We have the courage to defend the universe. <laughs> Very inspirational things that they like say to, and they're not actually saying them. Like it's this sort of non-diegetic audio clip that's that's pumped in. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird because it's not very loud either. It's kind of like mumbly, uh, yeah. like everything else in the show is kind of mumbled. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they just like transform, and their transformation is just they get kind of like big like astronaut mechs where they have like a big glass dome over their head and they get color coordinated like armor for like fighting and stuff and they grow twice their size um and this is bkm mode for them butt kicking mode mode butt kicking mode mode and after they do their their morph sequence uh they kind of just fly into the robot and it just falls apart (laughs) And I thought that was just going to be it. But no, they're like, oh, yeah, it just keeps rebuilding itself. So the kids and and I was just calling them blue, red, and yellow at this point. And I'm going to yes. keep calling them because I don't remember their names. Sorry to everyone that loves this show. I <laughs> They're red, blue, and yellow. This show does have so much going on. Like, <laughs> there's so much lore. There's so many villains. And they all look different. Like, they're all a different type of alien or robot. Like, there's no repeated sort of linguistic pattern for you to latch on to. No. I never knew anybody's name. No, like, every... I think it's a pretty good idea for every, like, first episode of any show to repeat your characters' names a lot. To be like, yeah. hey, Aaron, could you hand me that wrench, Aaron? Like, stuff like that. <clears throat> but yeah, no, like, they kind of just, like mumble and mention the names of the of the martians while talking to them and they don't even give angela a name in this first episode so (laughs) not doing great blue and the kids like go and film like a fake report to give to this robot because it's just going to keep self-repairing and trying to fly back home so they give it like a false report they take it up to the mothership and they're like oh good look they're doing such a good job killing those children uh and then the episode ends with the Martians like repairing the wall because they have like a little little dog chihuahua. It's just called Dog, and it can just yeah. do any number of some things. <laughs> it looks like uh, was it the Eye Dog? It it's that kind of an Eye Dog. Gift? A, yeah, it's kind of an Eye Dog aesthetic, but like yeah. like chrome and just like a chihuahua. Uh, I'm looking at the Eye Dog now. It's all. N- n- snout with little ears this is like a little head and big ears that that their dog has yeah well they couldn't copy it they had to copy i know i'm just no i know it's not precisely an eye dog i'm just describing this to the audience and also like uh differentiating them for myself like so that i remember actively what eye dog looked like that's fair do you think we could still find an eye dog how old would it be I don't. I don't think they live that long. (laughs) 
It's it's an eye dog year, so it's fine. Because <laughs> they came out yeah, in like, sh- the nineties, right? Uh, you could get them at eBay. No, no, you could get them at Radio Shack. Yeah. Whenever Radio Shack was alive. After the year 2000, you could get an eye dog because I have a uh, one of my prized possessions is a Radio Shack catalog from the year 2000, and mm. it's not in there. Oh, okay. That that's that's a true test of time. So yeah, the Martians repair the wall, but they forget the window, uh, and then we hear the audio of his parents <laughs> going, "I'm like, hey, what'd you do with the the window? How did you how did you break and remove that from the wall?" And that's uh, episode one. Uh, a lot happened. So we're going to try and speed through these next couple episodes. Yeah. Uh, episode, uh, the second episode we watched, episode 11, is called That's No Puddle, That's Angela. <laughs> this was picked on name alone. Yeah. And it starts with the, the kids and the Martians are all hanging out in the abandoned arcade that is their base, uh, which I really liked. I think it's funny that this and Mr. Robot the Emmy award-winning drama, Mr. Robot, both have the heroes hiding out in an abandoned arcade. He loved it. Yeah, one of, the, one of the kids comes up and he's like, oh, bad news, guys. I couldn't get us Wingo Dingo tickets. <laughs> so the kids are working on that while the Martians are trying to work on some technology that will, like, cloak them so that they won't look like but ugly Martians and they can like go out there into the world and not hide in this abandoned arcade. And you can tell it's an arcade from the outside because there's a sign that says zap. Yep. It's the <laughs> sign looks like balloons that were just like it's attached to the letters. building. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. When the aliens is like, Oh man, if we had that technology, we could go anywhere. Quantum Burger, the hover park, the mall, you name it. And I'm real disappointed. We didn't get to see whatever the hover park is. I mean, for a skate park for hoverboards, what do you need? Oh, oh see what I was picturing was just a regular park like we have, but it's hovering off the ground. Like, like what Ultron <laughs> does to Sokovia, but not as scary. How would you, how would you get up there? And what for? <laughs> I don't know. It's a park that hovers. I figured you did normal things at the park, but the park that seems, hovered. That seems a. That just seems like a more dangerous park. You could fall off this park. Your dog could fall off this park. It's probably as a fence. I don't know. <laughs> I just I was thinking... thought that's that's as far as my head went. I'm like, what if I could go to a park, but the park was. 10 feet higher in the air than normal. <laughs> It'd be upsetting. Uh, yeah, I figured because they were talking about the hoverboard uh, triathlon contest. Just uh, championships. Championship. Uh, in the first episode that this was just like a hoverboard skate park or hover park. But yeah. At that, that makes point, the most sense. Yeah. At that point, I don't know what you would need. I don't know if you could do grinds and hover or do, I guess you could do basic tricks and hover, but at that point they're so easy. I guess it's more of an obstacle course at that point. 
what if it's just to see how high you can hover and like there's Tony Hawk and he's on his board and he's like hover hawk alright bye guys and he just keeps vertically going up <laughs> as high as he can go he just ascends he's a hawk <laughs> that's how he got the name that's not his last name <laughs> He's Ascension Hawk. <laughs> Originally, he was born with the name Tony Penguin, and he defied it. No. I'm a Tony Hawk now, Mom. <laughs> How far does... So, dude, are names in the public domain? Could you make a biography about <laughs> Tony Hawk that is false? I don't... <laughs> I, I don't know about a separate other person named Tony Hawk. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they try and make this like invention to make the Martians go invisible, but they hit a uh, blue hits yellow and red with it. And they just turn into like Chrome goo, like Alex Mack. And, yeah. And then they, he fiddles with it and he turns them back. Uh, and then later we see that he's figured it out how to how to make it work, and he can just make them turn invisible. Uh, meanwhile, we cut to a big green muscle guy. He's flying. Mm-hmm. He has uh, a military haircut and a tail. And this was my first big mishearing of these of these episodes. I thought his name was Lieutenant Bacon. <laughs> what is it really? Pin can. Pin, Lieutenant Pin Can. Yeah. You can understand yeah. why I thought it was bacon. That's That kind of makes more sense. I just kept calling him Green Macho Man. Yeah. <laughs> and he's there on some alien planet, and he has a Stargate, and he's talking to a flying, like, carousel slideshow projector. <laughs> I think he's on our planet. Well, he's on this Earth. Oh! Uh- Okay. Oh, he's just in the desert, which feels yeah. like an alien planet to me because we're from Missouri. So I've never seen a desert with my eyes in person. Yeah. We don't have deserts out here. No. Uh, but yeah, he's reporting that there's a big portal and an earth shaking machine, which is done. And then uh, Bacon tests this machine and it causes like an earthquake. And then he says they just need 24 hours to fully charge the machine so they can shake rattle and roll their way to conquering earth that's more of that rock and roll theme again what an interesting theme to like wind through this alien show next martian is there with a machine that will make them do the twist meanwhile uh chat <laughs> meanwhile stoat muldoon is hosting his first chat with stoat night live on the internet <laughs> And he's frustrated because this earthquake happens in the middle of his show. But it seems like everything's working fine still. Earthquake doesn't kill his internet. And he gets a call from somebody mysterious named Dark Comet, who says yeah. that they claim to have seen alien activity on Earth. And he and starts talking to him, completely buying it in 100%. And Dark Comet's like, well, if you want to learn about the aliens, you better go over here. And he says, you've got it, DC. And Dark Comet says, what's DC? And he says, Dark Comet. And then there's a long pause and Dark <laughs> Comet says, oh, right. <laughs> also, a weird joke beat there. Yeah. Also, Dark Comet has like a whispery Boston accent. 
like it's very hard to hear him, but he was like it just like all down like yeah, I'm Doc Comet. Totally about about the Aliens. I'm the Batman. I'm the Batman. That's not a Boston accent. I just lost control there. <laughs> but yeah, so Muldoon starts heading towards the coordinates. The Martians are also headed that way uh, on their like very toyetic like flying bikes. They're like they don't Absolute have wheels. Choppers. Absolute choppers. Yeah, they have big exaggerated chrome pipes on the back. Mm. Uh, but yeah, these were absolutely toys you could get. I'm almost certain. Uh, and then Muldoon sees them, and then they're like, oh, we'll confuse them by going in three different directions. And then Muldoon's like, oh no, they think they can confuse me by going in three different directions. <laughs> and then he looks, he stops and he looks in all three directions, like, they were right. <laughs> Which is the only time I've ever seen that work in any cartoon. Meanwhile, we we catch up with Mike, and he's with his friends at what I guess must be Quantum Burger. Yeah. Yeah. Mike stole the little Martian device. It's like this little box. Uh, So they're like, oh, now we can go invisible, and we can go see Wingo Dingo. But they point at Angela, and she just becomes a puddle of pink goo. Right. she's, She's pink, so you can still tell she's the girl one. Yeah, all of her atoms are pink, don't you know? And, I mean, uh, mine would be. Do you know that? I, I'm not a scientist, but I, I think, uh, I'm, <laughs> I think I'm all pink would be inside. Pink. <laughs> <laughs> Just all pink. Oops, all pink. Uh, so yeah, they uh, while they're calling the Martians, like, sorry, we took your thing. Please, please give our friend a genetic structure again. And meanwhile, uh, they come back and they're like, oh, just make sure the the puddle of goo doesn't go anywhere. And they look over and it's gone. And they ask <laughs> this, like, he's probably the assistant manager. He's, he's <laughs> I think his name is Ronald uh, or Donald. Ronald the burger jock is how they address him. Yeah. And, and he, he's also voiced by Rob Paulson. He's got this very high nasally voice. And he's like. Mm, do, do, yeah. A full Eddie Deason joint. Yeah. He's he says he says like well they wouldn't make me fourteen time uh, employee of the month if I didn't not mop up a puddle when I see one so they <laughs> he mopped up the goo and dumped it down the drain so now yeah. they have to go down the sewers and then they just find her immediately there's not like <laughs> right. th- I thought this was gonna be the whole episode we're like uh oh Angela's goo see if we you can know, find her that- in town. No. You know that classic puddle episode. But yeah, they find they go to the sewer <laughs> and they just find her not even like in like the slipstream, just like on the walkway, just in the corner. And they <laughs> what? No, I'm just thinking about she didn't even land in like the 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 trough. She didn't land in the the tunnel for the sewer. She's yeah, she's just there on the sidewalk alone. Yeah. She's hanging out in there. It's- and they, they, Splat, zap, like, they zap her, and I'm like, okay, maybe some of her's missing. And that's the episode, and that's what they're going to go do. No, she's right, just all there, and she's mad. Yeah. Right, she's back uh, completely intact. I guess you can be a puddle and then not be a puddle with, like, no ill effects. Hopefully there isn't but ugly Martians the next generation where Angela is, like, she's cancer. She's puddle cancer. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the plot twist in Watchmen. 
I hope you're happy. Do wah. Uh, so yeah, while they're talking about goo, the Martians like pick up a signal and mm. they tell the kids like, go on, get out of here. And Angel's like, I know my way around here by now. Immediately slips, falls down a, a very long, convenient slope in, in the sewer system. Mm. Uh, and falls down a hole and winds up in a prison cell of the green macho man that we saw earlier. And he's like, oh, please make yourself at home. You're my first uh, prisoners of my invasion. And the the Martians hear invasion and they walked into, they jump over the hole and they walk up. But they immediately give themselves away. And Lieutenant Bacon Macho Man is like, haha, there's nothing you can do to stop me now. Man, I'd eat that burger. Yeah, Hardee's, <laughs> I'd like to order one Lieutenant Bacon Macho Man. I don't... Did Macho Man at any point in his career give license for them to use his name or likeness I... for a, a food at a fast food place? I wasn't there. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, yeah. And then Muldoon is following that same signal... And falls down the slope and knocks into the Martians, and they all line like land in this prison holding cell of uh, mm. Lieutenant Bacon. And then Blue goes to like zap uh, Bacon with his little box to turn him into goo, but they're like, oh, yeah. he must have a different metabolism because it just supercharges him. And they're like, ha ha, oh, thanks. No. So what they do is they throw a flashbang at him. And then they gooify Muldoon and all the kids and push them under the bars of the jail cell and then turn themselves invisible. So when Bacon turns around, he looks and he sees that the jail cell is empty. And we get that classic moment of, uh-oh, my prisoners are gone. I better open the door and go stand inside where they were to figure out exactly what was going on. Mm. Uh, at which point the jail cell closes on him and everyone's on the outside. I want to say that uh, when the aliens are about to gooify the humans, one of them says, everyone close your eyes. And Stoat Muldoon says, Stoat Muldoon's eyes are never closed to the alien world. <laughs> That's true. Never. Yeah. So while they're in there, it looks like the Earthshaker is like about to destroy Earth in like five minutes. So the Martians go BKM, fight Bacon, and then they fly from the sewer to this portal, which is supposed to apparently bring soldiers from Bacon's planet to come invade. Mm -hmm. But the Martians take that tiny box they've been using all episode and just chuck it at him and it knocks him <laughs> into the portal. And then they shoot the portal with lasers and we get a a pic a picture of an explosion. Every time there's <laughs> explosions in this show, it's not a CGI explosion. It's a picture of a real life explosion imposed on the screen wow yeah so we get that and then they memory zap Muldoon uh, and then they go back to the diners and eat burgers while invisible which which freaks out Ronald and they laugh at him end of episode <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to eat a burger while invisible to what gain uh, I guess to see how long until the burger becomes part of me and then it's invisible too I imagine it's right away. I, 
I, yeah, I think as soon as I put a burger into my mouth, it's part of me. Yeah, because I don't think this... It depends on the, whether you uh, obey the laws of invisibility where it's just the exterior of you is invisible or every part of your atom is invisible. Okay, you know the Terminator? You know how the Terminator, when he travels through time, we're, or like John Connor, right, the human man. When he travels yeah. through time, like he has to be... Or wait, no, John Connor's the son. Whoever John Connor's dad is. There's the man who travels through time and he has to be naked. Because, like, you can't yes. bring anything with you through time. Like, mm-hmm. what if he was eating a hot dog <laughs> while he went traveling through time? Like, can you really not have anything with you? Like, if he's eating a hot dog, does only the hot dog that's in his mouth and closed by his teeth go with him to 1985? And, like, then wherever he leaves, just, like, a couple inches of hot dog just, like, drop onto the ground? <laughs> it's like, well, now we know you can't, you can't take food with you. Only food in your mouth. You can take up to four ounces of water, though. <laughs> you just have to chipmunk it in your cheeks. Yeah, you need to pour out the... Now, when you get to the future, you need to find a canteen and spit that out. (laughs) And then use that to sustain you. Yeah. I think anything you could take into as a carry-on, you can take with you time traveling. I hope so. It'd be a real bummer if, like, we solved time travel, but you couldn't wear your own clothes. (laughs) Like, I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I don't want to like I don't want to time travel if I have to be wearing like a gray jumpsuit to do it. You would okay, so you would abstain from time traveling if you couldn't have a say in the fashion while you were doing so. I mean like yeah, I'm going to have to change my clothes like when I get there, sure. But if I'm like if I'm going to like 1995, maybe I could wear like kind of some of the same clothes that I'm wearing now. I'd like mm-hmm. to wear clothes at all. I just don't want to wear like some generic science like coverall speed suit. So you don't want to blend in Blandon. I exactly. That's what I'm picturing. I don't want to be a blend in Blandon. I want to be a standout standin. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I hope you get that one day. Let's let's talk about the third episode. Let's talk <laughs> about episode 14, Bog in Charge, which starts out as apparently the continuation of the previous episode, which we did not watch, but wherein no. a bunch of plot-relevant things happened. So the episode starts with the Martians, like, already captured by Emperor Bog, and then, like, Yellow is recapping everything to us. And not just recapping that episode, but that previous episode apparently involved a bunch of old foes returning from episodes one through 12. So there's <laughs> so much going on that we are like, they tell us, but we have no context for. I, I don't know anybody's name. Did not know what was happening at all in this episode. No, no clue. Yeah. I based my pick for this episode on the thumbnail of Muldoon with his eyes glowing. I'm like, that'll be fun. <laughs> I don't know who that character yeah, that, is, but he looks possessed. That, that part was fun. Yeah. Uh, but basically, Emperor Bog, I think, sent... He figured out that, like, the, the Bodugly Martians were lying to him. And so he sends... He gets, like, every one of their foes from the first 12 episodes to go back to Earth and fight him again. 
and the Martians were trying to like soup up their BKM, but it backfires, and now they have no BKM, which is how they got captured. And now it's up to um, they got captured along with Girl Alien. Yeah. And uh, now it's up to the kids and Muldoon to rescue them. Let's talk about Girl Alien. Hmm. Uh, so find her name again. Her name is Shaboom Shabuma, and she's like them, but pink. Except her face looks like a sticker. Like, it looks yeah. like they just took, like, stickers of an eye and, like, a like a mouth and just put it all on there. Like, it's like it's 2D on her face when you're looking right at her, and then she turns and it's, it turns to CGI. <laughs> it's very upsetting was- to look at. This show was frustrating because it it's, looks so unnerving and unpleasant now. But I know everything in it is something that that technical team had to fight to achieve in 2001. Yeah. Like the fact that Stoke Muldoon, like there's a shot of Stoke Muldoon's truck where the camera kind of like uh, goes around it in an arc. You know, there's this sort of like ro- rotational curving pan shot. And I'm like, mm. they probably spent two weeks on that on that one shot yeah i mean i'm always proud of animators because it's a hard Mm -hmm. job to like to to decide one to decide you want to do that and two to like find a job where you are actively doing something that you like and enjoy in the animation world so every show we do on here i'm always proud of it i never Mm -hmm. hate it because you did bad work I, that's never the reason. I'm always proud of every animator. But this mm. looks atrocious and I hate looking at it. Yeah. yeah, I only like looking at Stoat Muldoon and Ronald the Burger Jock. He's He's got an interesting design. <laughs> yeah, he plays a part in this episode. Uh, Surprisingly, yes. Wasn't yeah. expecting him to come back at all. So we after this little intro, the previously on, we see the Martians like being loaded onto like a ship on Earth, like, heading back to the mothership. Uh, and that dog also, like, zaps... He, like, zaps the, the ship almost to, like, abraze it and then glue himself onto it. I don't know why yeah. he had to zap it first to stick to it, but he does that, and he flies up with the ship. And then Bog uh, kind of leaves the destruction of Earth to the group of baddies that came back, uh, like, a yeah. bunch of, like, mercenaries. And then yeah, the we've kids... got um, who's the robot guy? Clactor. Clactor's there. Uh, there's like a, a cat guy. It's mm-hmm. there's mostly people we do not know. Yeah, there is a shapeshifter or like a guy that can possess people called Gorgon. We'll meet him later. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's like a half robot on treads called Infinite or Infinite or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So yeah, the kids are like, "What are we gonna do?" Dogs left. Dog left with them. The Martians are leaving. Uh, so Muldoon <laughs> takes his like little handheld gun uh, and points it at himself and turns his his face and head green and says like, "Well, I'll just go see what they're up to," and then just goes, "Hello, fellow villains. So what is our secret plan?" I, uh, you're right. I want to specify to the listener. He yeah. does only turn his head green. His hands no, yeah. are still human looking. Yeah. He does not think this through. Also, I wrote this down on episode one, but 
like Muldoon's little like hand phaser and like all the little like controls on the arms of the Martians. They look like, and this is only for people that work at Toys R Us. They look like sapphires. They look like oh, the little and you can see these at other retail stores or if you work there. They're like the little like handheld things that have like they look like calculators, but they can look up per, like uh, prices and inventory and stuff like that. And they have like a full keyboard on there. They look like one of those, uh, mm. and that's what, all I could think of while I was watching this. Like, I, I miss having a sapphire. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe the uh, Martian technology came to Earth. The Toys R Us Corporation adapted it into the sapphire. Uh, and then Stolt Muldoon uh, retrofitted it back into being alien finding stuff. <laughs> they <laughs> play a part. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh. So yeah. Meanwhile, Bog decides to delay the invasion by one cycle while Damage <laughs> tries to like get info out of the Martians. And while he's trying to like talk him, talk them out of that, Dog just kind of comes up and. One of Dog's many abilities that do some things just <laughs> shoots a box at Damage and traps him in a crate. Like, it builds yeah. a box around him, and then it shrinks to half that size. So he just stuck in a crate. Meanwhile, Muldoon is at the, like, campfire of the, like, villains, and they're just eating s'mores. And yeah! <laughs> He's like, aren't these great? What did I tell you guys? Who wants to sing Kumbaya? And then he starts singing and, and Gorgon is like, please don't. Please stop. And they're like, mm. why are you here? Why did Bog hire you? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really good at this, I bet. Just got drafted. Yeah, it's, the, it's the alien that kind of looks like a cat. And, and he says, you're a funny kind of mercenary stranger, but his voice is so smooth. I'm like, are you are you flirting with Stone Muldoon? <laughs> is that a pickup line? Yeah. You'd be lucky to have Stoat Muldoon as your husband. <laughs> and then Muldoon like walks away and he's like, I've got to go see a cactus about a cowboy. Which I think <laughs> means he was going to go take a leak, but I don't know what, what era of <laughs> is from. I, I I couldn't hear that entire line. I didn't realize the second word was cowboy. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's what but he says. And like the traditional version of that phrase, I think it's like, I have to go see a man about a dog. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like this is a man thing. Women don't have like pee euphemisms like this. So I don't know what the word is. But yeah. Like a do- a man would know about a dog. A cactus doesn't know about a cowboy. <laughs> In this futuristic earth, I guess so. But yeah, so he's like went went off to like fake pee and he was like talking in his like little sapphire. Uh like it's going great. They have no idea that I'm about to like figure out what their evil plans is and uh <laughs> Uh, Gorgon just kind of bumps into him like, oh, hey. Uh, and and Muldoon says, there's another cactus over there. I, I have this one. You pee over there. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. You, I found you out. And next time we see Muldoon, he's got, he's got glowing eyes. And he's talking to everyone like, hello, human. Hello, Earth teenager. Where are the Earth defenses? And, like, 
And I think I'd look down to like write a note when he gets his body snatched. Like, I don't think I noticed that happened. So <laughs> Stop Muldoon just saying, hello, Earth children. Like, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's what that guy does. Yeah, like, I've, I'm also like not surprised why he would be saying that. Like, he's such a citizen of the galaxy. He's like, I should specify you are children of Earth. Yeah. Not children of Venus. <laughs> Unless you are. Unless this is Percy Jackson. <laughs> yeah. So Muldoon, like, talks to the kids, like, hey, let's go. Or the kids are like, let's go back to the silo and see if we could find something to stop the invasion. And, like, not Muldoon's like, yes, let's. Let's do that. Uh, meanwhile, Dog helps, like, red, blue, and yellow escape from imprisonment. And they, like, shot their way out of the Martian mothership. And found themselves in like a space cantina, and we yeah. meet an alien who was in the previously on like clip show, who has one finger and one thumb in in a in a very upsetting vice kind of like vice grips kind of way. Ooh, and I hate it. Uh, but he is able to tell them like I know the part you need to fix your BKM. Unfortunately, it's inside infin- infinite. Uh, and helping him like run so they gotta get back to earth uh and then meanwhile they go back we cut back to muldoon kind of like walking around the silo and it's like "Mm -hmm, earth defenses and like he's ignoring people and ronald Mm -hmm. comes back and he's like hello my hero muldoon are you here to help yeah, like apparently he just hangs out here now. He's an his assistant. He's his Carl the intern to his major monogram. Exactly. I'm here to help you out, sir. I'm your intern, uh, alien defender. Except that uh, Muldoon is like keeps calling him by the wrong name and like mm. ignoring him. And uh, Ronald's like, he wouldn't do this. He love alien. So when yeah, he turns what around, he says, what he says is because like he still Muldoon the, also is like no idea where, where Ronald's like, I, I put the reports on your desk, sir. And he starts walking in the wrong direction. And Ronald's like, your desk is over there. And he tells the kids, this is not my hero. He would know me. He would know Dark Comet. He would know where his desk is. <laughs> so, yeah, the Muldoon turns around and they have a gun levied at him. And they shoot him, and then it cuts away. And it's, I don't know if they're killing the man Muldoon, or killing the shapeshifter, or what. Uh, but yeah, it cuts away to, like, the Martians just in space, running for more Martian ships. Uh, and then it cuts back, and we and we see Muldoon and Gorgon being, like, separated. And Muldoon's like, the things that I've seen. Yeah, uh, Ronald figures out that... Uh, to get rid of Gorgon, you need to sing Kumbaya at him, and he hates it so much, he will just jump back out of Muldoon's body. <laughs> he I just wants to leave. I don't think he sings Kumbaya. I think he just starts He just starts saying, like, singing. <laughs> he just starts, starts speak singing. He starts announcing. Kumbaya! Yeah. <laughs> I say this to you, sir. Yeah. yeah, and then Stoat Muldoon comes out and shivers, and he says, I saw things that would smoke your salmon. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how they know they got the real Muldoon back. Uh, and yeah, so they take a Gorgon to the other villains and intend to trade him for the surrender of the Martian fleet. 
Uh, and they don't. Infinite just like shoots uh, Gorgon, and he's like, "I don't care. He's just a mercenary." Uh, mm-hmm. And then Muldoon and Ronald like hide in the truck, which gets thrown. Uh, and there's like a big battle, and then the Martians come in, and they're able to like kind of sneak up and steal the uh, part they need from Infinite while he's distracted, and uh, they fix their BKM. And they get they go ultra BKM, which kind of is just regular, but they're like maybe thirty percent bigger. They have more like muted colors because there's just more armor on them, so there's less color, and mm. they just have big boosters on the back, and they can do big lasers, and they can just kind of like blast away the bad guys. It's just like it's a nice little fight, and they reprogram Infinite and send him back to kill Bog. And then at the last minute, they swoop in and save. They kick his ass and save Bog. And Bog's like, I knew I liked you too and that you aren't actually traitors. You're reinstated. I trust you again. So we're back to the status quo. Uh, And the episode ends with Muldoon and Burger Boy just like sitting in the truck that was overturned. Like, it sure is quiet out there. And then the episode Mm -hmm. ends. And that was uh, What Ugly Martians. Mel, did you like it? Uh, it is nice, I suppose, to... I've had this name stuck in my head for 20 years, and now I've, I don't think we actually watched this show, or at least I didn't. But mm-hmm. it's good that now I've seen it, now I've got like content to put to the title. Uh, like I said, it does not look good, but I, I think <laughs> I might enjoy it better if it, it, it just used a different way to animate the characters. I think there, some parts of the script are, are interesting. Uh, I love Stoat Muldoon. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I, the voice acting was, was pretty good. Great voice actors. If it used traditional 2D animation, it might be pretty good. It did have some great comedy, some good writing in there, so... Uh, it's it's just that I hate looking at it. If it weren't for that, <laughs> I'd probably enjoy the show more. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh the Martians. If you want to find it online, we watch it on YouTube. Like I said, there's only 26 episodes. This wasn't even the finale. This felt like the finale, but this was just episode yeah. 14. So Ugh. there's still like almost half of another season to go. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so this was my pick. Uh, Mel, what are we watching next time? Next time we are going. So this was a, a CGI show mm-hmm. that was not pleasant to look at. We've covered this, so I thought I want to look at a real human face. And it's been a long time since we've covered anything live action. I think the last one was Phantom of the Megaplex. Not you know the, the, the live action segments of kid video aside. Yeah, let's get you back to something wholly live action. You're not satisfied just looking at me while we're talking. <laughs> I'm not live action enough. I get it. <laughs> We're looking at something live action for my homework. We are going to watch the 1992 PBS show Ghost Rider. This is about uh, a group of teens solve neighborhood crimes and mysteries in New York with the help of a spirit who can only communicate through writing. I'm into it. I, I love anything yeah. that's ghosts, so... Yeah, teen sleuths. The the ghost is just like a little glowing ball of light that floats around and will like write in the 
air and like pull letters off of things like ghostwriters trying to tell us something that's the clue now we know who stole the fundraiser money <laughs> what uh what episodes are we watching we are going to be watching so interesting enough i looked up the show it is entirely like three and four episode mini arcs where like every episode in that little arc has the same title you know so it's like uh the mystery of the missing fundraiser money one two and three that's not yeah. a real one i didn't look at them that closely because i was trying to find something in this show that terrified me when i was a kid okay. i want to revisit it as an adult i gotta <laughs> see gooey gus i gotta be terrified again i can't wait to meet gooey gus we can't escape goo yeah. for more than two weeks <laughs> I didn't plan that. Yeah, welcome to the goo times. <laughs> After that, we're going to have to watch My Brother and Me. No more goo, please. <laughs> no more goo, mother. So we are going to be watching season three, episodes 9, 10, 11, and 12. This is a four-episode arc, so we're going a little bit longer than we usually do for our episodes. Yeah, we've, we've never and this done is this. The this is the final arc of the show. I don't know if it oh. operates as a series finale or if it just happens that this was the last one. But yeah, seasons three, episodes nine through 12, these are called Attack of the Slime Monster. And I'm going to read you the one sentence episode descriptions off of Google. Okay. Part one, the team begins a suspenseful story for the Slime Monster Toy Contest. Episode two, the Slime Monster Snatches Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Gabby. Episode, episode three, Jamal tries to capture the slime monster. Episode four, Jamal finds a way to destroy the slime monster. Yeah, get him, Jamal. <laughs> All right, I'm uh, I'm excited. We will, even yeah, though this I'll, is one episode more, we'll try not to make it too long. Let's try and still yeah. hold to our normal length. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I found this on YouTube. Okay, cool. So yeah, send me to those to make sure we watch the same ones. Uh, mm. but yeah, sounds great. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you guys like Butt Ugly Martians, uh, if you guys <laughs> also hate Butt Ugly Martians, please... No matter uh, your feelings, if you just know the phrase Butt Ugly Martians, contact us. Please talk to us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at SaturdayMOPod. If you want to recommend any shows for us to watch, any movies, or if you'd like to inquire about coming on as a guest on the show, you can email us uh, SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com or direct message us on Twitter at SaturdayMOPod. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at JamsWilk. Mel? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, The Review Show. Oh, no. (laughs) Try again. I, I, I'm sorry, saying my other podcast is this one. I, I forgot where I was. I, for, I don't know what day it is. Um, and you can also hear me on the Whatnots network of podcasts. That is Whatnots, spelled like astronauts. I'm on the Review Show podcast every week, which is a media discussion book club. We've got a different movie, TV show, comic to talk about every week. And the Captain's Log, which is our weekly off-topic nonsense chat show. The last episode I recorded uh, devolved into a, a furious debate 
between uh, Ignacio and Alan about the Digimon movie. Oh, we have to have Ignacio on for the Digimon movie. He has such <laughs> powerful opinions about it. It sounds too stressful. Let's get Alan on. Alan likes it. Alan's on the same page as us. Well, let's get them both on. Maybe we'll have them. We'll have them all on. Right. We'll just let them fight it out, and we sit quietly in the background. <laughs> you guys take over. We'll be back later. Don't burn the podcast down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Also, I'll be uh, guesting on an episode of the review show for we're reviewing yeah. the comic book webcomic turned like physical series check please which is a gay hockey romance story which is incredibly yeah cute. it is very um, cute yeah i've been really enjoying rereading that but yeah if you'd like to leave us a five-star review on itunes or any place where you can review podcasts it helps us out a lot it helps people find the show uh other than people just telling them which we do appreciate uh but yeah it would be a huge help to us if you leave a five-star review Take a snapshot, send, take a screenshot, send it to us. We'll read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. And don't forget to relax, kick back. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. If your stupid transmission screwed up my dad's equipment, he is never going to trust me to stay home alone again. Well, just tell them that three Martians did it using the satellite dish so they could save the planet. Oh, great. Now it's busted. I'm Stoat Muldoon, and this is my show, Muldoon, Alien Hunter. Hey, look! It's that alien hunter weirdo from the internet. Aliens are invading. They want our world. They eat our brains. I'm here to stop them. <laughs> oh, this show is humor. Check it out, Margins. This nut says you're dangerous. Aliens are everywhere. <laughs> Working, listening, hiding in public restrooms, sabotaging our wholesome earthly ways of life. I'm broadcasting this show live from a converted missile silo somewhere in the Mojave Desert. I live here. In case of a full-scale invasion from alien scum, I will protect the planet. Boy, is he paranoid. He actually thinks he's surrounded by aliens. Imagine that.